I am Mitch, your host for the evening, and with me, as always, with me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Massive Attack podcast. Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah, that thing. No. Yeah? No. No, but we're doing N, maybe. Not today. Not today, no, because we're doing the alphabet this year. 2017, the year of the alphabet. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As usual, I'm Mitch, and as always, with me is Joe. Hello, Hello Joe. Mitch. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to, and if my Sesame Street got me right, we just did D. <laughs> okay. Not the D, just D. We're up to E. We are. So today... We're doing Everclear. No! Oh, I thought we were going to drop some E's and see what happens. Because E's are good. E's are good? Yeah. Ebony's are good? No. We put our hand in the magic hat. We both put it in the same time and kind of touched hands. It was kind of awkward. Nice, but awkward. <laughs> and we pulled out John Carpenter's... Not... See, that's not an E, I understand. Escape from New York. Yes. The 1981 sci-fi cult classic. It is a classic, yes. And it is sci-fi. Yes, it is. Right on both counts. Correct. <laughs> Makes change, doesn't it? Yes, Massive Attack, known for our accuracy. But mm. no, 1981. So going back a long time, I would have been 10. You would have been, what, 8? Mm-hmm. So mm. I definitely didn't see 1991. I no, I, I know for a fact I, I didn't see this at the cinema, and I don't think I have since. But I can you remember. Seen it since? No, you haven't much I've, to talk about. I've never gone and seen it at the oh, cinema. Like, me neither. No, no, it's not one of those things that turns up at the Astor or anything like that. I don't oh, think. Oh, I reckon it might have. It definitely would have been on the all-night marathons at the Valhalla back in the day that I never went to, but you did. No, I think they normally played shitty science fiction movies. I don't think we ever got good movies. Oh. And you didn't really get modern movies. I think Buckaroo Bonsai was probably the newest of the movies I've seen at the. Newer than this. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, no. I haven't seen this at the cinema. I can kind of remember seeing it on video when I was younger, but obviously not in 1981. I think that would have been later 80s when I was coming to the end of high school. And I definitely remember the video cover because it is quite an iconic movie poster video cover with the head of the Statue of Liberty and Kurt Russell and the team running in front of it. But yes, when did you first see it, Mitch? Uh, I have to be on TV, I reckon. I don't think I've hired it from the video library, so it would have been a TV viewing. So I reckon Channel 10 was the only channel that would have played stuff like that back in the day. And that's where I think I've seen it mostly. I don't know if I've sorted out that often. I do like the film. I, I have fond memories of the film, but I don't know how many times I've actually seen it, not that many. Well, it, kind of like a lot of these other movies that we've looked back on, it's something that I've probably seen a lot early on. And then I hadn't seen it for a long time. And now I've seen it a couple of times in very quick succession just to get my head back around it. But yeah. All right. Should we go through a bit of a rundown of the cast and the premise? All right. Let's go. Well, directed and written by the auteur, you call him, John Carpenter, who I mentioned earlier. Before he made this, he made Dark Star, which was his student film, which they blew out to a bigger movie and actually released it at the cinema. He then did The Fog and Halloween. I think Halloween before The Fog. Yep. This is a movie he wrote before all of that, but no one really wanted to make this sci-fi film until he had a lot of success with Halloween. And they go, all right, you can make it. You know, and John Carpenter is hands-on filmmaker. He wrote, directed, and did the music. And also some of the special effects. And I think he was director of photography for a couple of scenes as well. Mm. So, yeah, he really definitely is a hands-on sort of guy. Yes, and one of the go- the matte paintings, some of the matte paintings were done by a little-known guy called James Cameron. Really? Who's gone on to make the very unwanted Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. Well, yes. he hasn't made them yet, but you could be listening to this in the future when they could be the greatest movies ever, but I'm tipping. Nah. See, I've never seen Avatar. 
And really? I don't think I'm missing anything. You're the one, but that's okay. You got time. Because I can't do 3D. I, I can't wear the glasses over my normal glasses, and if I just wear them without my normal glasses, I can't see anything, so what's the point? But anyway, enough about Avatar and James Cameron. <laughs> I could what? You can watch it in 2D. Can I? Yeah. I didn't think it got released in the cinemas in 2D. Yeah. Because ah. there's people out there who can't watch 3D. Ah. Mm, there's people out there with, like, that disease where you shake. <laughs> Parkinson's. No. <laughs> you could be people like Snake Plissken and only have one eye and exactly. have an eye patch. He couldn't watch the movie. And there you go. I've just dragged it back into the topic on hand. And Snake Plissken, he's a character in this movie? He is. A real character. Would he be the, the main character of the show? Yes, he would. Yeah. Played by Charles Bronson? Kurt Russell. Oh, Kurt Russell. Who it's... wouldn't have done a lot of movies. He would have done a well, lot. I, I would say he hasn't done a lot of decent movies before this. He would have been mainly doing the Disney type movies. Are you say? The computer, computer wore tennis, tennis shoes is not a good film. How dare you, sir? Get out. Good day. Sorry. But yeah, obviously, this is before he went on to be An escaped from. This is the start. This yeah. is where it began. Because, yeah, he, it wasn't the first choice of the director that the studio wanted Charles Bronson, but John Carpenter said, no, he's too old. Tommy Lee Jones was actually touted. Now, I don't know. He was in a couple of movies in the 80s, but I know him from The Fugitive, where he. That was his breakout role. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Probably. But he sort of just came out of nowhere in The Fugitive and go, who is this guy? He's awesome, and then turned up in everything. Well, a friend of the show, Joel, showed me a trailer for a movie that King of the Tommy Park. Lee Jones did. Yeah, King of the Park or Take the Park or something like that, which was one of his early films. And it was weird seeing Tommy Lee Jones as a young person rather than an old man. Yeah, well, there's a movie called Black Men Rising, which has is directed by um, John Carpenter, and he is in that. It's about a car. So, of course, I liked it. Going back to our Duke's thing, everything was about cars or planes. I loved it. So we did get to actually work with him. And he was in another movie called Savages. It did have another title, I think, but it was a pirate movie from the early 80s. And I loved it. It's something I watched on movie and actually mentioning it, I just want to actually stop recording and watch it again because <laughs> I like it. But yeah, he sort of disappeared or he didn't do a lot, yet he had charisma coming out the wazoo. Watching him, I watched this Black Moon Rising, which is very Terminator in its sort of feel. And it's sort of like, you could have been massive. I mean, he became massive, but he could have been hmm. Arnie or Kurt Russell massive. But thank God, Kurt Russell did this film and he became the Kurt Russell we know, exactly. where he was a teen Disney, a Hannah Montana, a Lindsay Lohan, you know, sort of thing yep. of its time. And they really didn't, John Carpenter really didn't want him because of that history he had, but he is fantastic. In yeah. And surprisingly, he's not your muscle bound action hero. He's quite slim built. But he's muscular, no, but he's not yeah. bulky. Yeah. He's not, you know, Arnie or no Slice Stallone. then. No, I guess it was before all of that. Because, yeah, 81 was a different time. Yes. So but the he other... was, his performance is channeling Clint Eastwood. Yeah. As opposed to later roles in Stargate when he's channeling John Wayne. But that's okay. I think Kurt Russell on his own is great. Look at Tango and Cash. That's a great Kurt Russell. Look at Hateful Eight. He's pretty good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough background. Let's talk about the film itself. So, as I said, we've got Kurt Russell as the main star. Snake Plissken. You've also got Isaac Hayes playing the Duke of New York. Mm-hmm. Donald Pleasance plays the President, President of the United States of America. Ernest Borgnine as the cabbie. Yep. And Harry Dean Stanton as the brain. Is it the brain or just or brain? brain, just brain. Yeah. yeah, and Lee Van Cleef is yeah. also the, the warden. The, the warden, yes. Yeah, now, so, all right, so there's characters here. Let's explain the premise. So, in the far future of 1988, the crime in America went up by 400%. So, they turned Manhattan Island into a prison. The whole island. They walled it off, and the whole island's a prison. No guards, no nothing, just you survive in there. So, this movie is set in 1997, and there is a peace summit. Is it a peace summit, or just a summit? 
I think it's going to be a peace summit. Yeah, between the Russians and the Chinese. So we got to ride on the Chinese there. And America. And a terrorist group that hijacked the president's plane and ended up crashing into New York. And he escaped in a pod. And it was up to the wardens to get him back. So you've got the president of the United States on his way to a peace summit, stuck in the middle of a prison or a prison island. Yep. And they try to get him back, but he ends up, by the time they get to the pod... The guards find... Well, when you say they try and get him back, that's where Kurt Russell and Snake Plissken comes in, because they send him in to bring the president back. Correct. Yes, because uh, they can't get him, and he's been a, he's been kidnapped or taken by the Duke, and it's like, you come in and try and save him, you, we will kill him. And they need him, obviously. What they've done is they've destro- either destroyed all the ways out, or they've booby-trapped and mined all the bridges and tunnels. So there is no way off the island. There's a bit in the movie where some people are trying to escape by water in a raft, and they just get shot to pieces by a helicopter. Mm. So there is no real way off the island. So the Duke's idea is to use the president as a human shield and get themselves off the island. So that's the plan. So what do they do? They get Snake Plissken, who is a highly decorated soldier who was now a criminal. They don't really go too much into his backstory, though. The backstory is filmed, but they never used it. Yep. And it's in the novelization that sort of talks about it. But yeah, he was arrested for trying to steal gold from the Reserve Bank or something like that. But it's a very... I know it was made in 1991, but it's a very 70s film. Oh, in the sure. fact that everything yep. happens quickly. There is no exploration or unnecessary film scenes. It's just sort of like, okay, boom, boom, next, next, next. Yeah, there's not a lot of character development. It's like the characters just are there ah, and you're expecting... You figure it out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so Snake Plissken is, all right, you are going to go to jail or you have a chance to, you know, go free if you go and save the president. Okay. So, you know, he's very, like I said, he's channeling Clint Eastwood in this, so he's, he's very gruff. I don't think he smiles once. No, I don't think so. No, he's just a very minimal character in that way. Mm. But uh, he's pretty cool. He's got a pretty, pretty sweet mullet, though. I think I've talked about Kurt Russell's hair in the past. It's fucking awesome. His Tango and Cash hair is the best hair I've ever seen. But yes, he's got good hair, eye patch, sweet-ass urban camo pants. And they're, they're really cool, the camo. They're not just your traditional camo. They're almost striped Stripey. camo. Yeah, yeah. and like cool. Knee-high boots with his camo jeans tucked into them. He's just awesome. Like, I, I and, love Snake Plissken. And an Uzi with, like, a weird a silence. Tan, sort of thing. It's a Mac-10, is it? Yeah. There you go. I don't know my guns. Hmm. And I think that would have been the first time I've seen a Mac-10, because it looked like it was a little Uzi. It was sort of like, what, what's that gun? It's weird. Yeah. With with a massive silencer on it to make it look bigger than it was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so he gets flown into the city. It's like, how do I get in there? It's like, we've got a golf wing or whatever they call it. And he flies in on a glider. Hmm. And I was impressed watching it. I was watching this time. I was like, they're really nice effects. And they had this, like, wireframe model of New York thinking that's amazing 991 that looks fantastic like it's really smooth and you know i was thinking they've it, done a really good job here. it's very reminiscent of star wars with the trench run as far as they're looking, it looked yeah. so much better did you read the trivia i did read the I, trivia so, i was yeah. blown away when i read that so basically what happened was john carpenter said that it would be too expensive for them to do vector graphics computer generated graphics Yep. So what he did was put a model of New York City together with reflective tape on all the corners and then filmed it under a black light and then used that as the computer image. And it looks bloody awesome. It, it does, doesn't it? I, I remember watching it just recently thinking, my God, this looks good. And then I read the trivia and I thought, well, that's why it looks so good. Mm. But it actually looks better than computer graphics, It does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But yeah, he, he flies in, he has his little tracking map thing to show him where he's got to land. He, he lands, lands on top of the World Trade Center. Yes, R.O.P. Never forget. Yeah, I don't think he did forget. No. He almost fell off the edge, but I don't think he, did. he forgot. But yeah. yeah, so he lands on New York, and then they don't really explain how he got down, 
however many floors. Did he walk Swapped. down the stairs? He walked. Well, see, that explains it, because they put a little sort of tracking explosive device in his neck, so he's not going to do anything stupid like try and escape. Yeah, 22 so. hours to save the president or a little bomb that they injected in his neck would explode and, and basically... blow up his carotid artery yeah. or something, they say. So it kind of explains why he lands the plane and then the next scene he's walking around and it's like 18 hours. So there goes his couple of hours to climb down the stairs. Mm. All makes sense. Yep. So yes, he's got a tracking device, which is a massive looking wristwatch with a little red dot on it. Yep. Which obviously was the, the height of technology. Oh, it's better in than the Robocop tracker, which looks terrible still today. And that was a few, five years after this. Yeah. So the president has got a life tracker and he's searching it out with his little wrist tracker. Yep. Inconspicuously just walking through the street with his machine gun and all his gear. But yeah, he gets to the point where the pods landed and the president's not there anymore. And then he finds where the tracker is and it turns out that someone's taken, someone's it. taken it. Yeah. And in the meantime, he kind of goes into a theatre yeah, and, and watches some people dancing around to some old time type song with Ernest Borgnine sitting in the crowd listening to it and being quite enamoured with what I think was people in drag. I don't think I they, were, they, they were drag, women yeah. up in stage. Yeah. So, I mean, the movie plays out as that. I mean, if you haven't seen it by now and you're intrigued into, you know, classic sci-fi or these sort of movies, dystopian futures, it's well worth checking out for what it is. It's a great time capsule. It's a great movie. In the end, I mean, he meets Ernest Borgnine, who's a cabbie. He drives around in this reinforced, typical yellow cab in New York. Yep. He drives him around to the brain, or brain, sorry, who he he knows. from. He's got a history with. They don't explore it. They just have a history. I mean, it's got his girlfriend, who was the chick from the Swamp Thing movie from 1980, which is a Wes Craven movie, because John Carpenter and Wes Craven always seem to interlock somehow and then he sort of gets a bit more information that where's the president oh, he's, he's the duke has him so he ends up come up with a plan to try and get him from the duke and he ends up getting captured because yeah, so brain sort of hands him over in a way or does he we don't yeah i don't know but the duke basically i think is running manhattan island yep and he's got his own little group of lackeys and, mm-hmm. and stuff and being the fact that the duke is isaac hayes he's quite chef and, from south park yeah he's a, a very imposing looking dude he's, a, he's quite a big guy yep and he has his own little army. He's got a pretty of cool car too. The Cadillac with the chandeliers <laughs> hanging off the. Literally, bonnet. it's got chandeliers on both sides of the bonnet above the headlights. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So Kurt decides that he wants to get Brain to take him to meet the Duke, and yeah, there's kind of a, a bit of a convolution there, and he hands Kurt Russell over to the Duke rather than yep. taking him to the Duke. Which and what's the and what and Kurt Russell ends up becoming a plaything in yes. a way. Well, they've got the bit where they've got the president up against a wall and he, and the Duke steals Kurt Russell's gun and is taking pot shots at the president. But then I can't remember exactly how it comes about, but Kurt Russell ends up in a gladiator type wrestling match. Wrestling slash Thunderdome sort of match with... Ox Baker. Ox Baker, which Playing I knew slag. the name. Slag is the character name. Oh, but I just... Yeah, just Ox, Ox Baker. Baker. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because I, I think probably when I watched this, I was already watching wrestling, but I think by that stage, Ox Baker was no longer an active wrestler so I didn't know that he was a wrestler I just thought he was a big dude with a funny moustache superstar Billy Graham moustache yeah you could say that or a Hulk Hogan moustache mm, probably no it's more a of an iconic <laughs> probably more of an iconic Ox Baker moustache when you think about it exactly I have since gone back and watched some of Ox Baker's promos yep. and he is very good on the promo in you know late 70s early 80s wrestling yep did which, he call people brother no he didn't he's not a real wrestler no, I can't be but anyway so Kurt Russell has this fight with 
Ox Baker. So it's in a wrestling ring or a boxing ring, but there's weapons. Yeah, baseball there's bats, a, with, baseball nails bats with nails and garbage cans and shields. Yeah, so it's not much of a fight. It's no, it was slag- intercut with the brain rescuing the president. So it's sort of like, thank God, because yeah. it would have been a pretty boring fight, I think, if they didn't intercut it. I think. Well, it's just Slag swinging away with his stick thing with the, the nails in it. And, and him rolling around and trying to block it with his, his shield. But then eventually he did smack him in the back of the head and impale him with this baseball bat with nails in it. Yeah. So it was kind of like, well, that was a bit full on. And I mentioned that it is full on. It was an R-rated movie when it came out. And there is some scenes in it that are quite confronting. Mm. That probably being the worst of them, the, the old baseball bat with the nails in the back of the head. So from there, Snake escapes. Meets up with Brain, who has the president. And yep. they're on the run. Mm. He has a car, but <laughs> the car's sort of like being disabled. And the Duke is already... When they get to the car, the Duke's already waiting. There's a bit of a scene where he has a bit of a punch on with the Duke. They get saved by the cabbie. Ernest Borgnine rolls up, they hop in the hop in the cab, and it's like, head for the bridge, I've got a map for the mines. So they can avoid the landmines yep. and get the president off the island. And in pursuit, you've got the big Cadillac with the chandeliers on it. Yeah, and all, all along, the president has got a briefcase chained to his wrist, which contains an audio tape. Do you reckon it's a C90? And yeah, probably. Might have been a C60. Maybe a C60. I don't know. Depends how much of stuff it had on it. But mm. yeah, the whole idea is that they want to get the president to safety so he can make this big speech for this summit. summit and he has the speech recorded on the audio tape. It's a, it's a new bomb or something. It's the formulation for a new fission or fusion bomb or something to that effect. That's yep. what I got out of it anyway. Yeah, so... Snake makes his escape. They rescue the president. Everyone lives happily ever after. They get to safety just about, I think it's two seconds left to deactivate. Well, the, not all of them make it, but we won't. We won't go too far into that. But no, we get to the end and they, they deactivate the bomb things that Snake's got injected into him with two seconds to spare. And president gets ready to go on air. And just before he does, Snake sort of says, oh, he says to Snake, you know, you've rescued me. What do you want? Sort of thing. And Snake's like, oh, I just want a minute of your time. A lot of people died to get you this. How do you feel? Sort of thing and the president's like I'm glad they sacrificed themselves to save me and to save the world America's got a lot of killers too yeah I'm sorry (laughs) wrong president good old Donald Trump but the president gets ready to go on air and we find out that he's about to play the tape big swerve only to find that yeah it's not the tape that he thought it was and then we see Snake walking away pulling the tape out of the cassette Mm. And it kind of ends with Lee Van Cleef sort of saying to Kurt Russell, you know, Snake, I've got another job for you if you want it. And him sort of sort of, uh, sort of of shrugging it off going, oh, I think I'm done. Yep. But obviously he did have another job because we had Escape from L.A. a few years later. Which yes. Was which nowhere I did near as good. see at the cinemas. You did? I did, yes. Uh, so you're and the one. And I've never seen it since. I've seen it once on video and I'm... Never seen it since then. Yeah, it just was... It was early days of CG. Like, it was around 92, 94, around that era. And it was just shit, basically. Yeah, bad CG. A lot more quirky than real. Just a lot of stupid shit, basically. I don't really remember a lot of it, but did it have some weird scene with surfing a massive wave? Yeah, that was bad CG. He was surfing a lava wave. Because I think an earthquake had taken California off its... Or LA, you know, separated it. So they turned that into a prison again. So that was... They did that and... And he comes across a weird plastic surgeon, which was played by Bruce Campbell with crazy makeup on. It just was not good. Not good. I, don't, I can't remember a lot, to be honest. Yeah, and Maybe it's we'll- a shame because obviously Escape from New York is a classic. Mm-hmm. It is a cult classic as well. Yep. And really, I don't know why they needed to try and cash oh, in. I, would, yeah, I wanted that again. Like, I like this is a good movie and I recommend it a lot. And it's like Snake Plissken 
you know, it was a good character because it's such a minimalist character. You don't really know a lot about him. It's just everything about it's kind of cool. So I was like, yeah, give me more of that. That'd be kind of fun. But it was just the tone, everything about it just felt a little bit wrong. I'm actually tempted to check it out again just to see how wrong it was mm. or if time has been, maybe it was ahead of its time, but I doubt it. No, I, it was, I think it was pretty ordinary. But interesting though, there, there was some scenes in this movie, even though I hadn't seen them for a long time, I really remember them from when I was a kid. Like there's a scene where he's trying to get away from a mob and he shoots like a circle in the wall with his with his gun and then kicks the hole through the plaster through the wall yeah. and I, I remember that quite vividly from when I was younger but he is an iconic character and reading some of the trivia on the Wikipedia and the IMDB obviously this movie's gone on to influence quite a lot of things yes. so the one that I picked mainly out of reading it was that it influenced the makers of Metal, Metal Gear Solid, Solid yeah. and obviously the Solid Snake character is based off Snake Plissken it's got the beard the eye patch and I've played a couple of Metal Gear games and I, I didn't think of that until i went back and read this trivia and i was like obviously oh, of course. yeah of course it is yeah, yeah. but it, strangely though watching it it didn't make me want to go and play metal gear it made me want to go and play borderlands for some reason okay there, there's one level in the first borderlands where you have to early on in the game you have to break into like a prison i think it is and it's where you first get your first claptrap and just that scene just made me think you know or watching escape from new york and made me think of that scene and after i finished watching it i did chuck my borderlands back in the xbox and yep. have a bit of a go Okay. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 a fun one, but it's a, here. This was a great beginning as well. As John Carpenter and Kurt Russell worked together a couple more times, obviously in Escape from LA, but not a few years after this, they did the thing, which yep. is arguably better than this. And then one of my faves is Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. So you know they've they've got a definitely a connection the two of them they work well together and they make some really good films so it's it quite good. a similar character the big trouble in little china oh, well, character oh. No, the jack burton character thinks he's a snake plissken character that's the joke of yep. big trouble in little china he's a sidekick he just doesn't know it mm. there's been a few comics of escape from new york and there's even a jack burton snake plissken team-up comic is it in good? No, I've not read it. Oh, okay. Because, I, I, yeah, I saw some images of it when I was doing some searches, and I thought, well, maybe that might There's be There's an idea. Like it could be fun, but, yeah, I don't need to read that. Unless it's by John Carpenter himself, I'm, I don't care kind of thing. Yeah. Sometimes, I, you know, I want it to be canon other times, so I want to read more stories of these characters. This one just didn't... The idea was quirky, but I didn't want to ruin it by actually reading it and have it be shit. Makes sense. Well, it, it did make quite a bit of money. Even it was an expensive film, surprisingly. Like, John Carpenter, it was $7 million to make, which I think in those days would have been pretty pretty big. Yeah, pretty big. And a lot of the filming, obviously, they, they didn't do in New York. For a movie, New York is a character in a lot of films. And this is a movie called Escape from New York. And it's a, it's a strong character, this film. Shame only two scenes were filmed in New York itself. <laughs> it was actually filmed in... Missouri? Missouri. And was it a, a disused power station or something? Oh, there was. I mean, it was all different areas. Yeah. But there was a there was a stri- a fire took out a big chunk of it, so they actually it wasn't disused in a sense. So it was already looking like what they wanted it to, where New York didn't look like you know a dystopian hmm. future. So it was they didn't have to do a lot to make it look shit. You know, yeah. like you'd use Detroit now for that. Yeah. And because it's a shitty town or whatever, they were allowed to like. They said, "Oh, can we like wipe the power out for ten blocks?" And they go, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> so. Hmm. I don't know how many people they put out doing that, but they got a fair bit of clout making this movie. Yeah, so you said it, it costs seven million to make. Yep, it grossed twenty five point two million in the US box that's office alone. Good. So that's a pretty good return. Yep, it's rated pretty well. It's it's got a lot of nominations for like you know top one hundred greatest sci fi movies and stuff like that. Yep, I, I think it's currently rated eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's pretty good. It's a pretty good review. 
Mm. But yeah, as I said, it's a movie that I probably watched a lot when I was younger. And I, I don't know if I ever played Escape from New York with my action figures or anything like that, but I might have with my action men. But I, looking at some of the, the photos now, there was action figures made for the movie, but I, I think they were probably much later. Oh, well, there's only two years ago. The reaction figures from Funko. Oh, so okay. they look like 80s Star Wars figures. Yep. But they're, yeah, they're only a few years old. But I, I would buy one of those and sit it on my shelf. He, he is just such an iconic looking character. Awesome hair. Yeah. It's it's the package though. It's the hair, the oh, eye patch. I can see his package. They're a bit loose. <laughs> the, the tie pants. But no, it's it's everything about the way he looks. It just is the character that you expect it to be. But yeah. Hmm, I'm glad we went back and watched it again. Yeah, so it was a good E. It was he's a good E's a good. Yeah. Escape from New York's good. It is. All right. Well, have we got anything else we want to say? It's no, going to be a short one. That's it. What, what more can you say? What more can you say? Alrighty, well, we should probably wrap it up there. A nice quick one for E. Yep. We will be back in a couple of weeks with F. And we've got a few things that we're toying with. Yep. Fried chicken. You really want to do fried chicken? I said it was a joke. You really want to do it. We could be talking about fried chicken in uh, in a fortnight. Well, it's in the hat. Yeah. Who knows? Bobos do have all-you-can-eat fried chicken on a Tuesday night. Maybe we should just talk about that for 45 minutes. Is it fried? It's fried. Last time we went to Bobos, I got pneumonia. I don't blame Bobos. I just got it that night. Hmm. Mm. All right. Well, if you have any feedback for us, not for Bobos and their pneumonia-causing King Palmers, you can jump on our Facebook page. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. We are on Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts. <laughs> I should know this by now. <laughs> but anyway, until then, thank you, Mitch. Thank you. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.